Hello and welcome to Tarot Bites. I'm Teresa Reed, the Tarot Lady. I'm the author of Tarot No Questions Asked, Master in the Art of Intuitive Reading, and Tarot for Kids. I'm also your host for this podcast series. This is episode 218 of Tarot Bites, the podcast where I dish out short, entertaining, bite-sized lessons on how to read tarot. And for today's episode, our topic is how to understand signs and blessings from angels. And my special guest is Radley Valentine, the creator of the new Guardian Angel Messages Tarot. Welcome, Radley. Hi, how you doing? I'm doing great. I'm such a fan, and I am totally in love with your new deck, which we're going to be talking about in a minute first. Uh, and I've been following your work for a while, and I know that you are somebody who's really deeply connected to angels. And so the first thing I have to ask you is, how did you begin connecting with angels? Well, you know, the first thing I have to say is that I had to laugh because I think you said this is uh, uh, episode 218. Mm -hmm. Numerically, uh, numerically, that's an 11. And 11 is a big angel number. (laughs) Wow. And that's so cool. And I I have a birth path of 11 and I'm born on the 11th and my name adds up to 11. So 11 plays a big role in my life. And the angels are saying, hey, Teresa. Um, so how did I get into angels? Uh, I actually uh, had my first uh, um, connection with an angel when I was like five. And um, I, I didn't understand that that was what it was in, at that time. But it was a very powerful psychic event that happened for me at that young age. And later I would come to understand that it was an angel-based thing. Um, my mom was very into angels, not, not the way I am. She just, she had her mug that said, have you hugged your angel today? And her bumper sticker that said, never drive faster than your angels can fly. And she had her angel brooches and, and she just really loved that stuff. And, and so I think growing up, I you know, there was just a sort of an element for me of, oh, angels are good, angels are great, angels take care of us, angels are a safe spot. But, you know, I grew up uh, gay in the Southeast <clears throat> at a time where it was particularly not a good idea to grow up gay in the Southeast. And, um, and so somewhere in my, like, 19, 20, 21, I really just sort of came to this conclusion that, um, traditional religion was not going to do it for me. And so I, I went searching, I went looking for, well, then what will, and, you know, it was just ingrained in me. It's like, well, what about angels, you know? And, um, at that particular time, there was not a lot of stuff in Knoxville, Tennessee for you to connect with on a metaphysical level, but there was the internet. And there was America Online and its little chat rooms. And so there was a chat room called Angel Speak. And I would go there. Uh, It was run by a woman named Carla and her partners in crime. And uh, back then, Angel Speak, the chat rooms on AOL would only let 21 people in at a time. And so I would literally sit there with my finger on the button hitting enter, enter enter, enter, enter until someone left and I could get in. And that's where I started learning. I started learning from Carla and these wonderful people um, who just sort of embraced me. 
And at the same time, Carla didn't just love angels. She also loved the tarot. So that's how I discovered the tarot because I I didn't know what that was. I had no earthly idea, but I lit up like a Christmas tree when she started like showing me cards and stuff. And I was like, what is that? (laughs) And so I made that connection between angels and tarot really young. Wow. Um, Yeah. So so you were... I have to go back to you having that that experience when you were five. Yeah. So when you had the experience, were you frightened? I mean, what did you feel? I said, yeah. You said, you know, we don't understand these angelic things. So what did you feel? Well, it was, it was a very, it was kind of a traumatic experience. Um, I was five years old. I was upstairs in, in the farmhouse that I was raised in. And um, I... I heard a voice saying, call an ambulance, call an ambulance. I was sound asleep and it woke me in the middle of the night. And so I got up and I looked outside my window and I saw the house across the street on fire. And I saw my best friend come running out of the house and he was on fire. And so I went downstairs and I woke my parents and I could barely speak. All I could all I could get out was Bill needs an ambulance. And um, unfortunately, Bill died that night. And so I was pretty scared to go back upstairs. I wouldn't go back upstairs to my room. And my mom, who was really just the bestest mom, you know, to, was like, we have to go back upstairs. Mm-hmm. And what she did was she took me into my room and she said, now I want you to look out the window. And I looked out the window she, and I'm like, what do you see? And I said, I don't see anything. And she's like, exactly. You can't see that house from your window. So something happened, something magical. And we're going to honor that and that you were allowed to see something that was not seeable. And this may happen some more. And, and I, it was not till later when I was full on into angels and was talking to my guardian angels that I would realize that, you know what? I know that voice. That was Josh. That was my primary guardian angels voice. And so, you know, sometimes these things take a while to come full circle. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, I mean, it was, it's just so faded to all happen the way it did, I think. You know. It's so interesting, too. I mean, how fortunate you are that your mother didn't poo-poo mm-hmm. what you were feeling. To have a parent who honors your intuition and honors your experience of dealing with an angelic being and not passing it off as like, oh, this is your imagination. I mean, that is a gift to have a parent like that. It's a real gift. It was, and you know, it's like we. It, it was a. It was a, actually a little bit confusing, to be honest, growing up because you know we're part Cherokee, and so if you ask my parents about religion, you got Methodicism. If you ask them about, or my mom anyway, how did the world? How does the world work? You got Cherokee mysticism, and so you know it was. It was there was always this the great reconciling. <laughs> that that I that sometimes it just wasn't reconcilable sometimes you know it's like but mom you said 
And she's like, just, just, just do what I say. (laughs) (laughs) It's so, you know, I find that fascinating too, because I grew up in a very religious household, but my mother and grandmother Mm -hmm. were psychics, not professional, but they were psychic. Mm -hmm. They had all these psychic experiences and intuition was valued. So Mm -hmm. we also, I also had very mixed messages. On one hand, you're supposed to be super religious, but on the other hand, hey, trust your gut, you know, so uh, Mm -hmm. that's, that's so interesting. Same house. Same house. So your angel, Josh, delivered your message. You heard a voice. Is that like, I mean, so of course I need, and I think a lot of people, they're not sure how to recognize when an angel is sending you a message. How might it show up for somebody? Well, yeah. So my experience for myself is, um, as as you know, there are four primary clairs. There's clairvoyance, which everybody just prattles on about and wants, and has almost become like the Kleenex term. It's like it's 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 it, to be all encompassing of all the clairs. You say I'm clairvoyant, but but anyway. So there's clairvoyance, which is to see. There's clairsentience, which is to feel. There's clear audience, which is to hear, and there's clear cognizance, which is to know. In, in, in my fullest experience, I'm clear cog. I am clear cognizance. I just know stuff. Mm-hmm. But my angels have my sort of my secondary clear is clear audience. And what I've experienced in my life is that when my angels really want my attention, when they're like gonna rattle my cage to get my attention, they go full on for the claircognizance because it catches me off guard. I, I've settled into my claircognizance. I've settled into it. I just know that I know things, but the clear audience is a whole other thing because usually when we say clear audience, we mean hearing with the mind's ear. When we say clairvoyance, we mean seeing with the mind's eye. And, but with clear, my clear audience, when my angels are like shaking my cage, it's like, I literally here i it's like someone's in the room and just said something and so my first you know full-on you know intentional interaction with joshua was me sitting in a room in a house that my partner and i thought we had bought that well we bought it but we thought it was haunted you know, and someone was like, well, what makes you think it's something bad, angel boy, have you asked? And, and so I walked into the room and I sat down in front of this painting called Watchers in the Night, which is of a guardian angel over a child. And I said, look, you seem to know me. I don't know who you are. Let's start with a name. And I heard as though someone was in the room, Joshua. And for me, that was enough. I'm like, Let's call that a day. <laughs> I left the house. <laughs> but that was that was the beginning of that. And you know, I think that what's important in trying to make connections with your angels is intention, intention, intention. Mm-hmm. I really love the way you explain the different clairs. Because I think you're right. A lot of people clairvoyant is like the catch-all thing. And it's people assume they're just going to see something and it isn't always seeing and I am clairsentient I feel things in my body Mm -hmm. and I feel it very very strongly I get very different sensations for different things but that's how I know something's up I know something the the universe or my guides my angels are trying to get my attention it's always with my body first yeah and And, I think 
Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, I think that's important for people to understand. You're going to feel these messages differently. Um, You may hear a message. You may sense it. You may see a vision. It is different for everybody. But what were you going to say? I think it's it's important to honor that. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like I'm currently teaching a class with another Hay House author named Dougal Frazier, who is known for doing color aura work and stuff like that. And so it's called Angels and Auras. And we have students and they're like, you know, I, I'm clear sentient. How do I see color? And it's like, you're not going to see color. You're going to feel color. Uh-huh. So let's, let's, let's stop the whole, you know, that clairvoyance is the beginning and end. Clairvoyance is a beautiful gift, but it's just one of four. And, and there's more. There's Claire, the, I never can remember what it's called, where you smell things. We have a student who smells stuff and we're teaching her to smell color. And <clears throat> But the, the thing about it is that, you know, that honor the one that you are and, mm-hmm. and you can later go to try to develop the others. That's great. But, but if the universe is speaking to you and it's saying, this is the language we're using, learn the language. Yes. And, that's such and, good advice. Yeah. It's such good advice because I think a lot of times too, because of the whole thing about clairvoyance, people really strive for that. Just like people always want to be in their third eye. I'm like, listen, you don't need to be in the third eye to feel or sense things. You could be in your second chakra. That works just as fine. So I think, um, again, it's important to really go along with the, the way you're receiving the message. I love that. And, you know, you mentioned also that people need to be care- clear on their intention when they're connecting with their angels. So what would be more advice on that and also what would be your advice on an easy way for people to connect with their angels absolutely so the the, the first thing that i would like to say about that is that um angels first of all have no egos okay they they don't have egos so they're not going to talk to you in a down and a judgmental way they're not going to talk to you mean they're not going to make say things that make you feel guilty or horrible about yourself it's unconditional love that comes directly from the divine and so if you feel like you're getting messages if you're trying to connect with your angels and you feel like you're getting messages of then that's not that's not them that's your personal ego and so um, what I like to say is I like people to to if it, if they feel called to it to to start with their guardian angels and because I'm a big big fan of guardian angels people love the archangels and that's great I do too you know it's a it's a very sexy con concept and I don't mean sexy like physical it's it's a but it's a you know like a sexy concept of oh here's archangel michael he mm-hmm. comes in sapphire blue he he severs your energetic connections to things that don't serve you and he keeps you safe and protected and so we like that and that's different than Raphael, who comes in emerald green and he's physical health and so it's very we in western society really like that because we want to know that who do i call if i need a plumber and who do I call if I need a carpenter? Um, but your guardian angels are with you 24-7. They're devoted solely and only and completely to you. 
They weave in and out of, of lifetimes with you. So mm-hmm. they've been in that lifetime that you don't remember in the past where you something bad happened to you in, in this lifetime, you're subconsciously acting out on it. They know what that is. And so my favorite way, first of all, is you angels need an invitation. You mm-hmm. need because otherwise they're a little shackled by free will. So they need you to say every day of my life, I say, dear Archangel, dear God, I'm sorry, dear guardian angels, please be with me today in all ways, all things and all directions of time, that there be no limit to the ways in which you can assist me today. Boom, unshackled. Mm. And, and, and then my, the way I started, you know, in my early twenties to really talk to Josh was a wonderful little book called coincidentally or not, Angel Speak, okay, written by Barbara Mark and uh, Trudy Griswold. And um, that is a gem of a book. Mm-hmm. And basically, it takes you through the process of automatic writing, basically journaling conversations with your guardian angels. And it works every time. That's a very simple way then for people to connect is through the automatic writing. Right. It's just a simple, easy way for you to not only to just start the process, but, but to also to kind of get to know the voices of your guardian angels, because um, as an author, you know, just like I know that the, there is a voice to the way we write that is yes. different. Yes. Your voice is totally different from my voice. So if we were to sit down and start to write something together and you wrote a sentence and then I wrote a sentence, all it would take is a couple of pages for people not to, people be like, oh, that's Teresa and that's Rabbit. Right, absolutely. Right? And that's what you're learning in journaling. You're learning, oh, this is one guardian angel and this is another guardian angel because the voice is totally different. And you fig- you start to figure that out. And um, so I love that as a way. Another really great way is just pure out meditation. If you're a meditation freakazoid, do it. You know, it's like put your butt on the mat and go into meditative space and invite your angels in. I love the idea of inviting them in. I just think that's so beautiful mm-hmm. and simple. Well, well, it is simple, and, and, and it's because it isn't meant to be complicated, mm-hmm. and there simply isn't anybody who can't do it. You know, people, it, but people think you have to have a gift, and I think you know this uh, because we both work in the metaphysical field. Uh, right. People assume you have to have a gift to be intuitive. You have to have a gift to be able to tap into your gut. You have to have this some kind of a bizarre gift to connect with your guides, your angels. What do you say about that? I say that everybody has a gift, is mm-hmm. what I would say. It's like we can say you have to have a gift, but I would say there isn't anybody on the planet who doesn't have that gift. The question is, how much did we get beaten down or how much did we yield to societal norms to shut all of that stuff down? And how much are we willing to buck the system to turn it all back on? Yes. And I think right back to when you talk about your mother really mm-hmm. encouraging you and treating this like this is, which, you know, it is a very normal thing. And 
the fact that she did not make it into something like, oh, this is your imagination. She really set you up so that you could be open to connecting and she didn't squash that. And I, I just want to say again, that's so beautiful. Yeah, it was. And, you know, and it's, it, it was, it's very important. It's like, I love parents who don't do that. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it's like the, the youngest um, student I ever had get presented to me was a mom who came to me and said, my kid is psychic, help me. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm like, how old? And she's like, he's 10. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, well, I will help you, but you have to help him, but you have to be in the room with it the whole mm-hmm. time because I need, I need him to get the support from you. And I want you to hear everything I'm saying so that you're like, you can go home and say, that thing Radley said, I don't know about that mm-hmm. because you're the parent. But I, you know, parents are not the only people who can shut things down for us. Yes. You know, it's like, you know, my mom tried to keep it alive and yet elementary school and middle school shut it back down, right? Because mm-hmm. it's like, I was already weird enough, okay? I was already off the charts weird. You know, I walked into first grade at six years old and wrote a love letter to Mark Hawkins that said, I love you, do you love me? And the little boxes that were yes, no. And he got the letter and he brought it back to me and said, you're supposed to write these to girls. But I had, you know, it's like I outed myself at six years old. Yeah, so it was a bumpy ride. I was not going to add to that bumpy ride mm-hmm. by saying I see angels. <laughs> right. I mean, I I grew up being like very weird, very different. I was in a rural area, and you, of course, to some degree, you don't want to become a target. So sometimes you no. have to tamp that down a little bit. So I completely, completely understand that. Yeah. You know. So the other thing I want to ask you too is. All right, so we talk about how you can open up to communicate with angels. But how do you know if an angel is sending you a blessing? I mean, I believe we're getting blessed all the time, and we just don't mm-hmm. recognize it. Uh, and, I mean, I know in my own experience, there's been things where I've been in real danger in my life, and I've been protected from it to some degree. Uh, but how do we know if we're getting a blessing? How does somebody know if the angels are saying, hey, high five? Yeah, so there are some very traditional common angels signs that we can look for. We can look for white feathers on the ground. We can look for the number 44 or 444 or variations thereof. We can look for um, 111 or 11. These are, these are numbers that really are associated with angels. Um, pe- coins on the ground, um, rainbows, white butterflies. All of these are like common signs Mm -hmm. but my favorite way to notice that the angels are really trying to like get get something across to us is what's called synchronicities and um um, and so it's where thing you know other people might call them coincidences but they're coincidences that are just completely unlikely so, mm-hmm. for example, um, uh, my husband and I just moved cross country. It's been a bumpy ride. Okay, it, it was that was tough. And, I believe you. That's a big move. Yep. I, and 
Well, I actually, right before we left, a dear friend of mine said, oh, yeah, I read an article that said the three hardest things you'll ever do in your life are death, divorce, and moving across the country. And I poo-pooed it. I just was like, no, moving across country is not as bad as death and divorce. No, it isn't. Well, I'm convinced now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm totally convinced that it is. But, uh, you know, it's like my... I, my husband and I went out to dinner for the first time in like two months because it was our wedding anniversary. And I'm like on my way home and I'm just like, well, I'm going to turn on the radio and I turn on the radio and it's Natalie Cole's pink Cadillac. Okay. Mm-hmm. Pink. And so I'm like in my car, I'm dancing, singing. And what to my wondering, I should appear, but in front of me, a car pulls into my lane and it is the 1961 Cadillac. Wow. And I started laughing hilariously because I'm like, what are the odds? There, that's, and to me, that was the angels basically saying, Bradley, you need to lighten up, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they kind <laughs> of know. winked at you. Yeah, I know that the garage is still full of clothes and shoes. <laughs> you just need to chill out and enjoy the moment and enjoy this beautiful place that you now live. And so it's like looking for things like that. Or, for example, if you see something and you, you, you walk into a restaurant and the woman's name is Angel. Mm-hmm. Right. She was wearing a name tag. Hi, I'm Angel. I'll be your server today. Mm-hmm. And then you leave there and you go to the coffee shop and you walk up to the coffee person and it says Gabriel on on his name tag. Mm-hmm. It's like these are the kinds of things that it's like the angels are like going, hey. Yes, we just have to look <laughs> for it. We have to be we have to be awake at the wheel. Mm-hmm. We have to be awake at the wheel because so many people are not. Asleep. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the signs are always there. So, you know, you've got a tarot deck out, Guardian Angel Messages Tarot. And mm-hmm. before we talk about that, which, by the way, it is stunning. This is such Thank a gorgeous you. deck. I opened it up. I did an unboxing for my audience on Instagram Live. Mm-hmm. And we were just ooing and eyeing. And we were so moved by the images because it is just an incredible work of art. And for tarot fanatics, well, we're always looking for a new deck, and this Guardian Angel Messages Tarot <laughs> is so amazing. But before we even talk about that, I just want to say, what role do, do the angels have with tarot? You mentioned already when you started studying on AOL that you had the good fortune of learning about angels and tarot at the same time. So just tell me briefly what kind of a connection you see between angels and tarot. So the way the way I see it, so um, for your uh, listeners who don't know, um, tarot has been around for over 600 years. And it, it, it's, it's risen and fallen in interest and stuff. There was a, a deck that came out in 1909 that most people call Rider Waite. I prefer to call it Waite Smith because Rider was the publisher and the artist was Pamela Coleman Smith, who I consider to be the real genius behind that deck, but I digress. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and so a lot of people, because Ryder Waite, Waite Smith became so popular, they think that was the first tarot deck. And right. it was not. Okay. Right. Not even close. But uh it's been it's been re- um 
recreated many, many times. And so uh, there's cat tarot, dog tarot, vampire tarot, ghost tarot, the housewives tarot, which by the way is a really cool one. Oh my God, it's so much fun. That is so much fun. Um, There's everything under the sun. And so I consider tarot to be what I call a language of the divine. Mm. And it's it's a way of communicating with the divine. And so... For those of us who are so drawn to angels, so drawn to that angelic energy, that that connection to the divine that is unadulterated love, it's just pure magic. It's like, okay, well, why not mash these up? And, you know, it's like that old that Reese's Cup commercial where it's like, you've got peanut butter on my chocolate. No, you've got chocolate on my peanut butter. Let's let's mash these up. And so... Tarot over the years has create has had with it sort of like a bad rap because it was there's a lot of gruesome imagery in it. Well, things were rough 600 years ago. People were illiterate. They're, they they kind of I guess they needed a man laying face down in a pool of blood with ten swords in his back for them to get the message that this is over. But we don't in 2021. We are sensitive souls. We've been reincarnated a bazillion times. We do not need that kind of imagery, but Tarot is still valid. We still need the message that this situation is over. We just don't need to be scared out out of our bejesus while we're getting it, or Mm -hmm. our clients don't need that. Mm -hmm. So my entire um, purpose in all of this has been to get Tarot in people's hands, no matter how we have to do it. And so yes. if, we, if we take tarot and we throw the, the, the red horned guy out because that's not what that card means anyway, and we get rid of the guy that's slicing people's heads off in the middle of the field because it doesn't really mean death anyway, and we, we just call a spade a spade, <laughs> pardon the pun, and go, you know, and clean up the imagery, take out symbolism that's scary, add back symbolism that isn't scary, but is accessible to sensitive souls, then what have we got? We've got a reinvigoration of tarot by people who want a connection to the divine in a way in which they can talk about it. It doesn't invalidate Waite Smith. It doesn't invalidate any of those other kinds of tarot cards. It's just, this is my way. And a lot of people, a lot, were apparently waiting for this. Yes. You know, I I have a deck that came out, Tarot for Kids, too, which, you know, again, Mm -hmm. we took some of the scary imagery out and changed things up to make it more kid-friendly with also the same idea of you that I want to get Tarot into more hands. And I think Tarot is such an amazing tool. And I love how you say that, Tarot is the language of the divine. I think that is really beautiful. I think that is accurate. And I think for people who are listening, if you want to connect with your guides, well, tarot could be the perfect tool for you. And I will say your guardian angel messages tarot is probably going to be a very welcome tool for people who not only want to learn about tarot, but want to really learn the language of the divine and speak to their guides in a profound way. I mean, Mm -hmm. I've got the deck in front of me, even like one of the things I love, like for the five of earth, we see the angel here. You've got Mm -hmm. some words down below too, to really help people to grasp the meaning of the card, lack, worry, and assistance. Wow. Mm -hmm. I just think that's so beautiful because usually when we look at the five of pentacles in traditional tarot, it's kind of a bummer image. 
And this shows, <laughs> you know, you know exactly what I mean. And this shows, okay, well, there's a problem, but look, there's help for you. It's right around the corner. Right. There's assistance. And assistance is one of the um, interpretations, but oftentimes it's really hard to see that because we just see those two people struggling in the snow. So I think that is really um, a beautiful, beautiful interpretation. I love that there are the angels in every single one of these cards in one form or another. Uh, again, it's really well done. And for those people who are listening, if you want to connect with your guides in an easy way, I think your earlier suggestions are great, but I think your deck is a good way for them to do that too. So yeah. I, I really love it. I appreciate you for creating this deck and you're right in 2021, we are sensitive and we certainly need something that's going to inspire us and not bomb us out. Absolutely. We need less fear and more love. Um, yes. So, you know, this deck is really meant to be um, loving messages but, but also realistic. I, you know, yep. it's like I didn't pull five of coin, five of pentacles, five of coins, five of earth, whatever you want to call it. I didn't pull it out. Right. It's, lack happens, right? And so it's there. But also what I love is that the, what I did for the guidebook is mm -hmm. that the guidebook in and of itself is like an oracle. Yes. Because there's a message from your guardian angels for every card. So you can literally like just open it, flip to a page and just see what pops up and, and then read the message that's like from mm -hmm. your guardian angels. So it has that element to it too. And I want to share the message for the five of earth for my listeners, just so they can see one of the angel messages <laughs> here, because you give the meaning of the card, but you also, the angel messages, we understand that you are experiencing a sense of scarcity in your life in one area or another. We are reaching out to take you into our arms and assure you that this setback will not last. By helping you change your perceptions on this topic, we are also helping you access the divine law of attraction and bring in the abundance you feel is missing. And then you include additional meanings of the card. So, I mean, that is, again, really super helpful for anybody, whether you are a seasoned tarot reader or someone completely new to tarot. This is really... Um, very, very helpful. So I love those angelic messages in there. Thank you. I, I, one of the reasons why I put words on cards is just because I think of one of the, you know, this, the, the first thing that keeps people from reaching out to tarot is fear. The second thing is intimidation. Yes. Right. Is they're intimidated by it. And, and tarot by its very nature for hundreds of years was just tons of memorization. Uh -huh. And it's like with mine, I just wanted that little oracle card element that's like, no, open the box, pull a card, read it now. No memorization. Yes. The other beautiful thing about the deck is that it's, it's diverse and inclusive. And I love yes. that. I mean, this really is a deck for uh, the modern times, not the old ways where things were just white, uh, cishet, heteronormative uh, tarot. So, uh, that also makes this deck very special. So, Radley, I thank you for spending time with me today and sharing your wisdom and telling me all about the deck. You are amazing. I love your work. I'm a total fan. Where can people find you if they want to learn more, if they want to get the deck, if they want to study with you? Where can they find you? Sure. So, they can go to RadleyValentine.com. And in particular on the deck, they can go to RadleyValentine.com slash guardian. 
and where if you buy the deck, uh, there's tons of bonus gifts that we have for people. Um, uh, also, you can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Instagram. My marketing person says I have to get on TikTok. Yay. <laughs> oh my god i'm just like i don't know if i can do that but uh, but right now the biggest places to find me are facebook instagram and youtube so awesome and so for people who are listening uh i want you to really get out there and check out more of radley's work but also get the guardian angel messages tarot you can get it online you can get it you know at any uh, brick and mortar store and I also want to encourage you to reach out to your indie bookstores and your metaphysical shops yes. and ask them to carry the deck because oftentimes you know there's so many decks and books to choose from we as consumers and people who are interested need to let them know hey I want to I want to patronize you but you need to carry this deck so please make sure you do that all right. Well, that wraps up this episode of Tarot Bites. And you can check out lots more tarot goodness on my website, thetarolady.com. I've got lots of lessons and books and blog posts and forecasts. So many good things for you to scope out. Enjoy. I want to thank you again for listening. I hope you have a beautiful day. And by the way, if you're digging the podcast, do me a favor. Get on over to iTunes and leave a kind review because that helps more tarot curious people find their way to Tarot Bites. And as always, I like to close out by saying, pay close attention to your intuition throughout your day. Let it guide you into making brave, excellent choices. Remember that you are always in the driver's seat of your life. You are in charge of your decisions, your plans, the action steps you take or don't take. You're the boss. And if you don't like where your life is headed right now, you can change that. Nothing is ever fixed in stone. The tarot cards tell a story, but you write the ending.